the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get underway for a Wednesday. It's hump day, over the hill day. We're closer to Friday than we were on Monday, and that's a good thing. And you know what's good about this Friday? It's the beginning of a three-day weekend because the 4th of July is Monday. So uh, you, a lot of you are going to be like me. You'll have Monday off. I'm looking forward to that. Just kind of kick back and enjoy the 4th of July. you got friends coming over. We're going to do some uh, burgers and dogs, and I'll probably do, throw some brats on because I'm a big brat guy. And uh, I don't know. We'll figure out. Watermelon, that's for sure. Maybe some um, uh, potato salad, but I'm more of a macaroni salad guy. That's what I am. Hmm. All right, so Nathan is here. We got folks in today from the uh, the Cabot Emergency Hospital. I've asked him to join us. Dr. White is here. You remember him. He was here with us about a couple months ago, and we talked about uh, the hospital in general. We're going to talk about more specifics today here on the show because uh, last weekend was the ushering in of summer here into uh, Arkansas, and it has come on like blazing. Mm-hmm. Although, be glad that you don't live out in the Washington State, Oregon, California, Idaho, Arizona, New Mexico area because it's really hot out there. I saw yesterday in Seattle it was 111, de- 111 degrees in Seattle. It couldn't have rained yesterday. It was too hot. It was evaporating before it got to the ground, surely. But it's really, really hot. And that's starting to break. But guess what they said? They said it's moving west. That means it's coming for us. So we're going to get some really hot uh, weather. I remember when I moved uh, from North Dakota to here and uh, 21 years ago and this area was in a just a lockdown you know heat area and i'm trying to move into uh, a town home out of a uh, u-haul truck and it was 108 that day outside and I have no idea how hot it was inside that truck. I just know that when that day was over, I couldn't hardly move. I just could hardly move. So let's talk about that first, heat. It's debilitating. It's dangerous. you got to watch out. And I talk, I've talked – everybody knows Dr. Yamauchi shows up on my show uh, about every quarter. He'll be coming up pretty soon. I just got a note from him yesterday. And – he is a little older than I am, and last year was it wasn't last year, year before last, he said that he had 
uh, a problem with the heat. He had never had any problem at all and literally almost had heat stroke. What are some things people need to watch out, especially older people? Because evidently, I'm not as resilient as I used to be, although I refuse to recognize that fact, Doc. Yeah, so I think uh, the big thing with the heat, you know, we've all had this nice winter and spring, and we've all kind of been very sedentary, and all of a sudden, it's nice outside, so we get out and we start running, working in the yard, things like that, and and it really it sneaks up on you. Um you know, a lot of times the warnings, the first warning signs you'll have is you'll feel flushed, you'll feel you, you'll stop sweating, um, have a little bit of dizziness, and at that point, it's almost you know you've got to take it very seriously. You know, maintaining hydration throughout the day is very important, and and make sure honestly that you have good urine output. I know we don't like to talk about things like that, but you've got to look and think about that stuff. You know, when was the last time that you actually had to go to the restroom and? And again, those are warning signs that, you know, you may be running into a problem. And, and it, it always amazes me at the beginning of summer, we always see people who come in who've overdone it and they'll come in and they will have uh, be very dehydrated. They'll have acute kidney injury where their kidneys are actually beginning to have to work too hard. There's not enough fluid in the in the in the body. And so they will actually have some kidney injury because um, uh, of the heat and, and the dehydration and it's amazing what what can happen when we get them in. We get an IV put in, and when we get some fluids going, I mean, they a couple liters of fluids. It's amazing how we can turn um, that around. But it is something that is very serious. It sneaks up on you, and the older that you are, um, the harder it is to um, to kind of kick back from that, and the faster that it can happen. Okay, um, so to you. I, I mean, I I got a big pool in behind. In, behind my my uh, my house and right now if you take the temperature of it it's about 92 degrees so it's like taking a warm bath to get into it although you get out of it and you get a little bit of a breeze you cool down real fast but the the question that i have is i'm one of those people that never got over worshiping the sun god sort of i like to lie out in the sun it, it's something about that that like where i got aches and pains I heat up. I don't have aches and pains anymore. And you, how much is these heat indexes that you see? How close are they? Like it to say it's ninety-five degrees, but it feels like a hundred and ten. How close really is that to actuality? I, you know, again, I think it's a humidity issue. We, I was in Cal, I was in Yosemite last uh, week on, on a trip, and, cool. and it was hot. We hiked Half Dome. It was hot. It was cold up at Half Dome. Believe it or not, it was in the evening. But you know, it was warm. It was it was up in the upper nineties. But it's just a different type of heat. When you mix in that humidity, that heat index really soars. And I, again, it, it is a much different dehydration that we experience here than what you experience in the High Sierras. And so, it, I, to me, this heat here that we have in Arkansas, Mississippi. Um, it's a much more Louisiana, much more dangerous heat than what you see out west. Well, go to so, Vegas. What's funny about Vegas, you'll look and see what the temperature is. And they'll say 103. It feels like 93. You know, and it's just what you're saying. There's not as much, you know, water in the air that makes you feel uncomfortable yeah. and makes it more tougher for your body to cool itself down. We tr- we truly live in a greenhouse in the summer here in Arkansas. I mean, it is it's a greenhouse. So what, what is it? You say you take in more more uh, 
uh, fluids. I mean, don't wait, wait until you feel like you're thirsty because it's probably too late then. I mean, you should be drinking all, all the day. And should people be aware that water is the best hydrator? It's you know, not wh- Diet Cokes or, or beer? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. You know, uh, Diet Cokes, not to not to sing about Diet Cokes, but, but soft drinks and things like that that have caffeine. They actually have, you know, caffeine is actually a diuretic, and so it is going to cause you to actually urinate more. So, you know, water, the Gatorades, uh, the Propels, things like that are the best things to do. And take frequent breaks. I mean, again, you've got to pace yourself. You know, try to get your work done early in the morning, late in the afternoon, um, in the evening when the sun goes down. Again, just really common sense things that we see. It just makes it's just common sense that this is the way that we should be doing it. But again, we've all got work to do, and and you know, you do your work when you've got the opportunity. But tr- just be very smart. And if you feel like you're getting in trouble again, we're we're there twenty four seven for people. Again, we'll see a lot of people come in late at night because they realize they'll they'll start having cramping and stuff in their arms and legs and again the potassium may be low again it's amazing how how much better people look after two liters of of iv fluids uh again it is but it is it will sneak up on you very quickly and so just be very vigilant okay so i'm talking about adults right now i'm talking about even older adults right now let's talk about our kids all right because during the summertime you've got soccer tournaments you got softball turn baseball tournaments. You know, what as a parent should you be watching for? Kids just go. They they just go. They don't they don't they're not thinking about adult type things as far as, hey, I need to be drinking. So again, it's very important in between innings, uh, for parents to be over there getting, you know, cool rags, get those kids, get their faces cooled off. Again, it's all about evaporative cooling. You know, they're in the shade at that point in between innings or if there's a break on the soccer field. So Again, we've got to push fluids on our kids um, during the the summer um, because they just, you know, even when they're in the pool, we've got to be having them drinking. Even when you're in the pool, you are dehydrating. You're active. The the water is helping some, but but nonetheless, I mean, these kids are. Um, it's it's amazing to me the way that baseball is now a year round sport. Yep. When I played, we played basically from April to the first of June, and we were done. No, it's year round now and so these kids are doing more than what we ever did as kids and so we've got to take care of them as well when you cool somebody down like they're playing sports or whatever better on the face or on the back of the neck both okay i mean you know arms legs you you look at you know armpits places where skin is touching skin you want to get those opened up get everything cooled down when someone comes in in a heat stroke we basically pack the the axillary areas will pack the groin uh with ice packs to try to get them cooled down around the neck so anywhere where we can get ice on them cooling rags something like that that's what we're going to do to get them cooled down all right we're going to just talk about things you should be thinking about during the summer uh, dr white here nathan's here as well he's been quiet he's being a good boy right now uh, i got coffee you want another cup of coffee i got oh, i'm okay i got brand new coffee i'm enjoying learning from the good doctor yeah right he's got a lot of good information for us we'll have more for you when we come back here on the dave ellswick show just a moment got to get our first break in i told you yesterday that dustin turner was coming to my house and i've been talking about dustin turner and how he goes about selling your home and that when you got really serious about doing it or if i got really serious about doing it i was going to have him out to my house and uh, and go through some things with him to see what i had to do to make it happen 
Well, we came up with a, a, a plan yesterday. Met him yesterday. Nice guy. I'm just telling you, really one of the nicest guys uh, you can have and let into your home. He knows his stuff. He really knows his stuff. And uh, we sat down, went through his marketing plan. We went through and talked to him about how he uh, lets people see your houses. I mean, to be honest, open houses are going the way of the dodo birds slowly but surely. They're not, people aren't coming out to see them as much. A sale on an open house is about 7%. 7%. And now you can guess where do people see most of the homes now? And if you said, well, probably on the internet, you're absolutely right. I mean, you go to Zillow or something like that, and yeah, you can do with it, with your looking at homes like you do if you're single and looking at the girls that are guys and just, you just keep going to the right, you know, go, go keep going to the right and stop when you like something you really like to see. And we were talking about that and we were talking about what should we fix? What should, what can we can just let go? It wasn't, it wouldn't cost that much money to, to, for the person who's buying the house to fix it, things of that nature was very, I'll say entertaining for me because a lot of the things that he was doing is things that we're doing in radio as well. But it was really interesting to listen to how he has patterned his business and zero focused it so that people see your house. I mean, one of the things that he doesn't talk about in his ad copy, he just says marketing. He sends a professional photographer to your house to take the pictures. He told me a story about a guy who was trying to sell his home and it had been on the market for a year and hadn't sold. And then he showed me the pictures that the guy had on the website. Dark, couldn't make out very much that was there. They went back in and uh, he had his photographer come out, took the pictures, bright. You could see in the, the corners and everything, sold the house in two weeks. That's the difference. That's what makes him different. He can make things happen, and he knows how to make things happen because he gets his home, your home in front of a lot of people. Right now, he said, you know, it, it used to be minutes the homes would be on the uh, be on this market and they would be sold. Now, he says, you know, four or five days. So we're looking at the beginning of September at the Ellswick household of uh, calling it quits on being homeowners and trying to make a little bit of money off the house. And it looks like right now more than I thought that we would do. Dustin Turner, you can reach him. I highly recommend that you use him. I'm I'm using him. That's just the way he goes. Uh, the number is 501-952-2969. And by the way, some of you have been calling because he said he sold your houses. Uh, I tell you to call him because he's the agent that I would use if I was trying to sell my uh, my home, and that's what he's doing right now. And uh, you can also read him at, reach him at hometeamsoldit.com. That's hometeamsoldit.com. If you want to get rid of your home now, he said, now's the time to do it. He says, we've peaked on the market being a seller's market. Is we're starting to go over the edge on the other side. Interest rates are coming up a little bit. Money's not going to be as easily gotten to buy a home. So the time to do it is now. I came in at the very end of uh, the buying market the first time around, 2000. 
I was going to build my own house, and then they didn't have any comparables in the area I wanted to build it. They wanted 85% up front. The bank did. No way I could do that. And so um, I, I bought a stick, you know, house uh, in Cabot, and it went really, really well. I'll tell you more about that later down the road. There's a lot to talk about about that, but I'm going to get out when the getting out is at the best, too. All right, we'll take a break. Dr. White's back with us from the Cabot Emergency Hospital, and uh, they're on 89 on the Walmart side of 67167. I told you when we started having, uh, started talking about Cabot Emergency Hospital that we would have the doctors on from time to time. Dr. White is back doing a show with uh, the Cabot Emergency Hospital is like doing uh, Reservoir Dogs with Quentin Tarantino. Uh, doc, Dr. White is here today, just so you'll you'll know. Nathan is here a, as well. I may have to change my name. They, that, well, your name is Nathan. Do you have any stock in the hot dog? <laughs> I don't, You don't. You should. I'm, I'm missing out. You should. Yeah, you're, you're missing out on, the, on, on how much money you can make. We just talked about heat stroke. And it's something very, very serious during the time of year that we're going through right now. But there's other things you got to be aware of as well. You're going to be your you and your kids. All right, maybe your kids more than even you are going to be outside playing, and uh, if you can pry them away from the video games. But during the summer, usually they get out and they want to do some things outside. So that means abrasions. That means breaks. That means contusions. That's just a fancy name for bruise. Uh, so you tell me, Doc, what, are, what if you break, what's the difference between a severe sprain and a break? So uh, in, in a break, the bone is actually uh, broken. Um, in a sprain, the ligament is actually uh, torn or stretched. So... Um, again, there is a difference. However, some sprains can be severe enough to actually require surgery. Uh, so the big thing is, you know, we see a lot of ankles. People will twist their ankle. Mm-hmm. Come in, let us take a look at that. Uh, again, a lot of times it's hard to differentiate the two. We manage them very similarly. Similarly, um, but again, sometimes that orthopedic referral is necessary. But you don't want to be walking around on a break or fracture. Uh, for three or four days, it's it's not going to heal well. And there are certain breaks that need to be managed pretty acutely um, in the next couple of days by the orthopedist. So again, we're, we have the expertise to know what needs to happen to those uh, breaks and sprains um, when they occur and how to get you sent to the orthopedist or, or followed up with the orthopedist in a timely manner. A lot of times we'll make that call to go and call the orthopedist doesn't matter what time it is in the middle of the night. We want you to know that you've got follow up the next day or two for that uh, injury. It's very important. Again, you don't want an acute injury to turn into a chronic, lingering injury. So it's very important to get that stuff looked at, no matter what time of the day it is. Okay, so I I know what you should do. I mean, I played sports for years, and and our trainers would yeah, well, we need to do this. We're gonna we're going to raise it up and we're going to put ice on it and you know this and that when you put ice on a a wound like that i mean my my granddaughter is a is big in to uh athletics and and does a lot of stuff on the balance beam and all that and she twisted her ankle really bad and it looked like she had a goose egg on on her ankle 
do you put the ice bag directly onto the skin or do you take and put a a bag or a, a cloth and then put it on because i just had surgery a few weeks back about seven weeks and they told me to put ice on it but they said don't use the rag i mean i had never heard being told to put a cold bag directly on skin before i I personally like to have it covered in something just because you can actually burn the skin we'll see people who will overuse a ice pack or a heating pad they'll actually come in with changes in the skin because they've you've actually frozen the skin and and so again i I think a little bit of protection in, in between there probably makes more sense so um again you don't want to complicate things by creating another issue by having some skin burn because again people can tolerate a, a lot but there's a point where you're actually going to do more damage than than good okay at that point well let's talk about that when we come back we'll bridge uh from this break and start into the next segment on that and that'll be the last segment we'll have the doctor here but nathan's going to hang around for a while and even he can answer some questions as well here on the dave ellswick show time for us to find out what's going on in the world let's uh, check in with uh, our uh, salem radio network news and catch up on what's going on guess what trump's going to the border all right since i was just talking during the break with dr white about uh, health insurance and what what can happen to your life in a matter of moments i know you think your life has been going pretty cool and things have been going really well but i've got friends that i've known that have had gone seen the doctor just a normal doctor's visit and they go cancer or yeah you're you're going to see the doctor next day and that evening you have a stroke life can change quickly you need to have health insurance but you want to make sure if you're going to have health insurance you're not going to get taken by the health insurance that you have that's why i remind you to call pat davis and i can't tell you how many people i hear from that go dave i hear you talking about him it's too good to be true no it's true and it's good you just think it's too good and you don't call him call him and talk to him and let him walk you through this He's going to save you somewhere between 30 to 50% on your health insurance. And we're talking about health insurance, not a share plan. There's a big, big difference in those two things. Uh, This is a great health insurance plan for somebody who is self-employed or a small business owner who likes to give uh, health insurance to their workers. Uh, It is uh, any provider in the nation. He can work with any provider in the nation. And there are... Now, when I say this, this is when people say it's too good to be true. No co-pays whatsoever. None. Zip. Nada. And, you know, there's some there's money that's left over in that trans, financial transition that is uh, done between the insurance company and maybe the, the hospital emergency uh, uh, care place, uh, your doctor. Well, typically that extra money that's left over goes to the insurance company not with this insurance it goes to you and that's a huge difference so call pat let him walk you through it and then do like uh you know hundreds of other people have done now and switched over and aren't paying copays anymore you don't have to pay 75 dollars when you go see your doctor right off the bat 501-605-6935 is the number or go to yourhealthplanman.com all right dr white is here 
and so is Nathan. This is our last segment with Dr. White. I liked what he told me. He says, I got to get to work, Dave. I got to pay the bills. I understand that. I'm, I'm well aware of why we all work and we have to work. But we were talking about, you know, um, ice. If, if you twist your ankle, what's the first thing you do? There's some things that you can do before you go to, you know, Cabot Emergency Hospital or whatever. So let's let's look at ice and what is it that you should do? Elevate, right? All right. Correct. Yes. Get your get your foot. Usually it's around the foot where you do it, or maybe a knee. You want to get it higher than the rest of your body. Correct. Okay. And then you put ice on it, and you said, you know, probably best idea to do is to put a rag uh, in uh, on your body and then put the ice now. People say, I've done that, and that's really difficult. I'm, let me give you something you do. In your freezer, always keep a frozen package of peas because they will conform to the area that you need to have it at. I learned that back when I was in college, and they're still following that, that example. And uh, how long should you keep uh, – I've heard – 10 minutes off, half hour off. But is that still the, the going time? You know, I honestly don't know if there's just a hard, fast rule. Um, you know, as much as possible, especially over that first 24 hours. I think the big thing also is getting off of an injury. You know, I love kids. When kids hurt a wrist or an elbow or an ankle, they won't walk on it. They won't use it. Adults, we think we can just kind of, you know, quote, unquote, walk it off. And the best thing is Rub really, some dirt on yeah, it. No, it's a... <laughs> You know, kind of, it's kind of nice to become more like a child. Think about, you know, children have no secondary gain. They want to be out there playing. And, but if something hurts, I mean, they, they know we, we lose that innate ability to understand that if something hurts, we need to not, not be, you know, we need to get it checked out. But, you know, we see so many people who will hurt a foot, hurt an ankle, and they'll walk on it, continue to work on it. For the next eight hours and then they come in and things are just that much worse so you know get it i think the big thing is is get it seen as quickly as possible especially with cuts and lacerations you know there's there's a point where we can't do something with a laceration um hard and fast rules about eight to twelve hours after a laceration we're not going to repair that laceration depending on where it is uh-huh. it's different on the face but again if you have a cut that you're concerned about come in let us take a look at it it may be that we don't have to do anything to it. We can give you some reassurance, but by all means, you know, get this stuff taken care of. You're decreasing the risk of infection. Um, get it washed out good with just good soap and water. People love to dump hydrogen peroxide on lacerations and things like that. Just use some good soap and water. Get That's it not as out. good as everybody thinks it is either, is it? it, it no, the hydrogen peroxide is really pretty detrimental to the tissues. It, it basically kills the cells that are going to try to regrow to to bridge that gap so again good soap dial lever something like that a good soap tap water doesn't have to be special water you don't have to put dasani on it use tap water <laughs> now don't go use river you know if you can yeah, avoid using yeah. river water but get it cleaned up get in let us see it you know let us get it taken care of how do you know a cut is bad enough that it's going to need a suture if you can open if you can see the edges and down into the wound it needs stitches okay. it will need stitches glue uh staples uh again if there's any question come in let us take a look i'm happy to tell you we don't need to do anything I, i'm you know that that's uh that's great you know we just we've got the expertise to know what needs to happen 
you know, again, let us take a look at it. Let us tell you, no, this is going to be okay. Give you some assurance. And um, yeah, you can only use butterfly bandages for so bad. You can't do it. <laughs> if you got to put like five of them on, you probably need to see a doctor. That's that's correct. And, and <laughs> by all means, don't try to super glue things yourself. Oh. Uh, uh, we've seen that from time to time. A lot of times that doesn't turn out real well. Right. Um, so. Okay, now I got to ask the question. You, I know that you you would not even think that I would think about this during the time of summertime, like we're in now. Because being on living on Highway Five, I see the people going to Heber Springs. All right, they're constantly driving that way. A lot of people are going to get on water skis or get on you know little boats and go real real fast out on the water. You should wear a helmet when you're water skiing, shouldn't you? I mean, if you if you lose your balance and you fall on your head on the water, it will not feel like water. It will feel like concrete. C- correct. I, I, you know, again, I've water skied without him. I don't. I think depending on what you're doing, these these people that are doing wakeboarding, that are doing these crazy tricks, yeah. which you'll see them going down the lake. Absolutely, uh, wear helmet. But you know, there are there is always that risk of of head injury um we see a lot of ruptured tympanic membranes from people who are water skiing and they will smack their head against the water and and it will hit their ear and cause some barotrauma Ouch. to the ear so you know water skiing we think it's very um you know it's enjoyable it, be safe i mean don't if you're not really great at doing that one of my partners actually tore his acl wakeboarding several years ago Ouch. so again water skiing is not without risk I'll yeah, just, just like safe. surfing and everything else. Yeah. I mean, everybody thinks that looks cool until you fall. Yeah, my, my <laughs> wife. We used to we used to tube our kids, and she would have to hit me every once in a while because I'd be driving the boat, and just like the adrenaline of seeing the kids go up in the air. But again, parents, be be safe with your kids when you're pulling them back there. Water safety is a obviously a huge topic um, right now. You cannot ever be you know, always have your life jacket. Yes, I mean, this is always simple. It's just common sense. Use some common sense uh, when it comes to this stuff. Um, it's just common sense never fails you. I promise you that. Yeah, I put my, my grandson in the pool with us to play around. He's only four. He doesn't know how to swim yet. But we put a life jacket on him, and then we put the little inflatables on his arm. So because I want him to keep his head up above the water because he doesn't like it when he gets – you know, he gets water in his nose. He lets Pops know about it, and he don't like it, you know, kind of thing. So Absolutely. he's going to go into swimming lessons this fall. That's what we're going to be teach, getting him taught to do. All right, so we've dealt with the heat. We've dealt with the breaks. We've dealt with the cuts. We've dealt with the possible concussions. Last thing, 4th of July is Monday. Let's talk about burns. Burns happen. Mm-hmm. I got burned real bad when I was a kid with a sparkler. Another kid ran into me, and it went back and hit my shirt, my cart, my cotton uh, undershirt, and it just burst into flames. Yeah, you know, again, we want everybody to be able to uh, have a good time with fireworks. I know when I was a kid, my favorite day of the year, 4th of July. It's fun. We, oh, it's it's phenomenal. And so uh, we want everybody to have fun. Be safe, though. Uh, again, if you're going to be shooting off fireworks, doesn't hurt to wear some safety glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, burns are a big thing. If you do get burned, you know, immediately under cold water, uh, if there's a blister there, try to leave it intact. Um, come in, let us take a look at it. Burns on, a lot of it depends on where you're burned as well. Burns on the hand, burns on the face, 
burns uh, uh, around uh, private areas. Yeah, much. In, you know, we have got to take a look at those immediately. Again, we have a wonderful burn center here in Central Arkansas. Obviously, at Children's, yep. they are phenomenal. Um, a huge resource for her for us here in Central Arkansas. Again, but common sense. You know, don't be shooting bottle rockets at each other, which is what we used to do when we were kids. I'm, yeah, just because uh, you did it as a kid doesn't make it any smarter now. I'm, I mean, it was dumb when you did it. I mean, look, we used to have slingshots, okay? And you used to be able to buy, remember cherry bombs? You'd buy them and you'd make the, the, the what is it, the fuse a little bit longer, and you had two people to a team, and one person was shooting, the other person's lighting. And you're shooting cherry bombs at each other. Not smart. No. I don't know how I lived through that. I'll be honest with you. It's called childhood. And uh, you either make it through or you don't. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. But, you know, again, we want everybody to celebrate the 4th. Uh, you know, if you're allowed to shoot off fireworks uh, wherever you're at, by all means, I mean, exercise your right to have fun. Just just be safe. And if something does happen, inevitably you know, that will be a busy evening for us at at the hospital. But that's why we're there 24-7. You know, we don't, for, we don't ever that, close. And we got you never close. You always have a doctor who's certified in emergency techniques there. It's 24-7. When I say that, of course, that means they're open on holidays, okay? And when you uh, get there, I'll tell you, I, I've used their services before. And I got there, and I'm used to sitting out in the emergency room waiting area for a long time. You will not wait a long time to be seen at Cabot Emergency Room. That's correct. It's just, it's, like I say, I always say that should be our least utilized area of the hospital, and thankfully, uh, for the most part, that that is the truth. All right. Great to have you on today, Doctor. Doctor White, Nathan's going to be back. We're going to talk to him a little bit more uh, about the hospital as we continue here on the dave ellswick show back with you don't forget about pi roofing they will take care of your roof for you i know you're saying dave it hasn't rained hard in the last few days almost a week it's been hot yeah that's and that's a point all right it's been really hot you think it's hot get on top of your roof and stand on it all right and or put your hand not for long just put your hand down so you can feel how hot your roof is There's damage going on because of the heat that is being unleashed on your roof. Uh, If your roof is not doing what it's supposed to do, it insulates your home from that heat somewhat. Uh, You get up into your attic. You ever been up in your attic and tried to do some work when it's hot? It's really hot up in your attic. And uh, do me a favor. Make sure that you you went up and you thought you were going to keep your house warmer during the winter time and you covered up the uh, the little doohickeys on top that spin around uh, don't cover those up number 1 that traps moisture in your in your attic and number 2 you're not letting those do what they those do what they're supposed to do which is circulate the air in your attic it uh, now most people don't do it because they say well I want to let some of the heat out from in the attic well the cold isn't going in there that much either. What's happening is you're actually warming that air up in the attic, and it, it keeps your, your roof in, in good shape. So these are things that you'll be taught by the folks at uh, PI Roofing. They'll go over all of this when they come out and work on your on your roof. Now, it may mean that you don't need an entire roof. You may need just an area fixed, and they can do that. They may get up and look at your roof and say, you're good. And if they say that, 
go along with your life and know that you are good. They would not tell you that unless they were absolutely sure. But to make sure that your roof is where it should be, you call PI Roofing and have them come out to your house. All you got to do is call the same number I do, 707-3551, 707-3551, or visit them online, piroofing.com. All right, I got Nathan here for the last few moments. Dr. White snuck out of here. He's on his. Is he on his way to the emergency hospital? I think so. He's all right. uh, he's always on. Okay, he's <laughs> he's 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 waiting for you there if you have an emergency. And this has really been exciting, I think, for people in Cabot, El Paso, uh, up in Ward, Austin, BB. Used to be you had to drive down North Little Rock to get to a hospital, and uh, you know when you have an emergency, it's like I say about when you have surgery. You know, when it, when you're the one being cut on, it's a major surgery. Mm-hmm. Somebody else say, ah, it's just minor. And it's not minor if you're the one that's going to be under the, the gas and are getting cut on. It's major surgery. Well, you go over and be seen for an emergency. It's an emergency that you want taken care of quickly. I mentioned that when I had uh, the time that I had to come over and talk to you guys, I had a pick line that came out bleeding all over the place. And, uh, I mean, I walked in. The nurse saw me at the desk. They didn't start asking me questions. They didn't say, could you give me your insurance card? It was none of that. They they took me back to be seen mm-hmm. immediately. And uh, I guess a physician's assistant came and initially saw me, and the doctor was there within about four or five minutes. I mean, it was like no time whatsoever. And uh, they did a great job. Mm-hmm. They did a fantastic job. I was gone from being there to leaving, 15 minutes at the most? Oh, I believe it. They were fast. And that's I think that's part of the reason that people see such a value in us. I mean, I have friends and family members, probably too many of them, who will pick up the phone and say, hey, Nathan, I'm coming to the ER, and I don't really have to do much to, to make them VIP because right. everyone that comes in gets His that VIP. quick treatment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've... I had someone recently that said, I really, I cut my leg really bad, needed stitches. Yeah. They were in, I actually timed it. I was just curious. What's our, what's our time from the time they walk in the door to the time they are sewed up and then going back out the door? Right. It was 31 minutes. Wow. And I mean, that's that's unheard of. Yeah. That's that patient centered care that you guys talk about all the time. There's a lot that goes into that. Mm -hmm. You don't think that there is because you're not thinking about a lot of things that they're thinking about. They're thinking about treating you. You're thinking about, I want to be treated type of thing. Right. And uh, But, man, they get to you fast, and they know what they want to do, and they've got little kits that they break out, mm-hmm. and it's already, they know what they're going to need. And they have experience. These aren't new doctors that are at our facility, and everyone that you would see is actually an owner. Yeah, so right. when we say that patient-centered care, it's because they, they have an interest in being caring, and they have an interest in making sure you're taken care of to the nth degree. Right. And they do. They do a great job. Like I said, uh, you heard the story that uh, R.D. told the other day about one of his workers cutting himself mm-hmm. on the forearm. And they went over. They were going to a, a hospital in North Little Rock and made a turn and went to the emergency room in Cabot. And they just did a fantastic job. Right. In and and, and no one wants to wait. That's the thing. I mean, in an emergency, the last thing you want to do is drive quickly to somewhere because you're bleeding or you've hit your head or something maybe broken and then just sit. I mean, <laughs> in pain. Right. Sit in pain and just hang out till we're ready for you. 
we're, we want to get to you as quick as possible there. Now, let, let me talk to you. You guys got a, a radiological suite, mm-hmm. and you do CAT scans, you do ultrasounds, uh, you do um, you know x-rays, and you got your own MRI right there on, on site, which is huge. That means that if somebody is having, you know, you suddenly feel like, your back is killing you like your kidney was trying to jump out of your back and what it is is maybe you got a a kidney stone attack or something you all can determine that can you not absolutely and quickly at that that's not a let's wait for 47 other people to get scanned we're going to get you in there as quick as possible Uh, we have radiology techs that are right there in our er just waiting for that person to come in so we can get you in and get you scanned and find out what's going on yeah and that's important if you've ever had kidney stone pain you'll know you want it to end as fast as possible because it is some of the worst pain you could ever have i I talked to people i said have you ever seen a a picture of a kidney stone no and it's usually it looks like a little rock and it's got like barbs yeah barbs coming off of it (laughs) and i can only imagine that in my urethra Mm -hmm. would not be uh would not be fun our pastor was talking about one time that he had a kidney stone and he says i was on the floor in the fetal position sucking my thumb it hurt so bad you know you know and and i can understand and he wasn't at your facility your facility didn't even exist at that point he was waiting at a hospital and waited over an hour in pain like that to be seen you're not going to do that over at a cabinet emergency no we you know and we have a recognition our front desk and our um, our nurses are trained to be able to recognize is that chest pain something we need to look at immediately is that something where we don't need to even think about anything we're getting all hands on deck to take care of someone um, or just make you comfortable. Sometimes it's something that we do need to evaluate and have the doctors you know, figure out what's going on, and we can do that there. Okay. Nathan, thanks for bringing Dr. Whitebelly. We're going to get other doctors in here. Uh, I, I want to talk to them about you know, how do you determine uh, a real heart attack from just indigestion. It has to do with enzymes in your blood, which is why that being on-site uh, you know that they've got a lab there on site is so important so we'll talk about that in the near future how's thanks that thanks for having us and i'm always glad to Look have you guys in you know give people question you know information they can use and they'll use it all right we got about a minute until the news gets started and uh, then we will have uh, congressman hill join us from washington and then congressman westerman and you know what my first question is going to be did you know, as a Republican, you're the reason that we're res- you're responsible for all the uh, defunding the police? It's because you're a Republican. All right, we'll talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. move into the seven o'clock hour and uh we're going to get congressman uh french hill in from district two and uh 
Got questions for him that we want to hear from. I got to talk to him about the craziest thing that we've heard over the last few days, and that is the Democrats, who, if you remember, uh, about this time last year, was talking about defunding the police and we had too many people uh, uh you know out there on the roads and the byways in our cities and then you heard them talking about well we spend almost a third of our city budget on policing and we we need to cut that back well they've done just that they've cut back and what has happened crime has gone right through the ceiling that's what's happened out in uh what was it in portland Murder rates have gone up. Are you ready for this? 800%. 800%. And uh, uh, the other cities, they're in the 30s and the 40 percentiles. But now the Democrats are saying, well, that's not our fault. That's because the uh, the Republicans didn't vote for our $1.9 trillion bill, which had all kinds of money in it for police, even though in the entire bill there's not – there's no mention of police or law enforcement anywhere in it. So now they're trying to backstep all of this, just like they are as far as the voting uh, bills that are going through where they want voter ID. And you've got, you know, the, the senator from Georgia saying, well, I wasn't against voter ID. And I played pieces from you saying that he didn't even want to even hear that terminology. So uh, let's get right to the congressman here. You come in every day and you get hit by stuff like this where they try to rewrite history, Congressman. What do you do with I'm, – I'm hoping that your constituents are smart enough to can see, uh, you know, that they're putting lipstick on a pig. Well, Dave, good morning. Yes, every day it is uh, becomes comical when Cedric Richmond, who is a former member of Congress who knows better from New Orleans, Louisiana, who's now an advisor to President Biden on the White House staff, he goes to the, the microphones and says that, oh, yeah, it's Republicans who want to defund police. It's, of course, the opposite. Republicans are here to defund, to uh, defend the police and fund the police. And uh, it's but it's no surprise. Here's the good news is we have videotape of all these. Yeah, we know what their votes are. We know what their policies are and trying to spin it because Joe Biden's running an incompetent administration uh, is pretty easy to push back. All right. Well, let's talk about more about this incompetence this week. Sometime you'll be voting on an infrastructure bill. There's been a group of Republicans that have been meeting with the uh, the president and they evidently kind of hammered out a uh, some way of of doing this infrastructure and uh, not more than a few hours after they had a big press conference ballyhooing it uh, the president said well i'll 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 uh, i'll veto it if they don't agree to our democrat bill that we have sitting out there and pelosi said the same thing which basically what they said is that everything we talked about didn't matter we weren't going to do it anyway i mean you know you can't even know that these people are negotiating in good faith with you Uh, joe biden is a prisoner in the white house held prisoner by the democrat socialist left like uh AOC and the liberals that have taken over the House of Representatives and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren in the Senate. And they call the shots here with a 50-50 tie in the Senate and a five-vote ability to lose uh, five votes in the House. 
And what they said was, we don't want you working with Republicans. Biden campaigns on bipartisanship. Biden campaigns on trying to find common ground on something common sense like surface transportation and roads. And so 10 Republican and Democratic senators put together uh, a compromise bill that's broadband and surface transportation that has uh, reprogrammed some existing money that's been spent. They try to minimize any impact on the budget deficit. They take it to Biden. He agrees to it. And seconds later, uh, Pelosi and Schumer say, oh, we're not going to vote for that bill until you vote for our $2 trillion of tax increases on working people and business and the full Green New Deal using budget reconciliation which allows them to try to pass that in the House and Senate with just 51% of the votes. Right. So it, it's he's a prisoner of the left now, and uh, he came back and tried to walk that back over the weekend, I think unsuccessfully. Pelosi and Schumer are still going to hold that bill hostage to the Green New Deal and $2 trillion of tax increases. I mean, let's be honest. If you were in those negotiations and you walked out and you stood there by the president and said, we've got a deal that we're going to work together bipartisanly, and then not mo- but moments later, the, uh, you know, the, the people who uh, direct what's going to happen in the House and in the Senate say it's not going to happen – would you go back and do any more negotiations with the president? I wouldn't. No, because he doesn't. Uh, he's not uh, providing the leadership, and he can't hold his party together on a commitment. And the secret in politics, whether you're talking about peace in another country or a political transaction here in uh, the nation's capital or in uh, the capital in Little Rock, Arkansas, you have to have the two parties negotiate and then honor the commitment to each other to move a bill forward. And here you had just the opposite happen. Yeah, what? where is that right now? So, I mean, yeah, you're so expecting I, infrastructure, yeah. you know, vote this week sometime. Yeah, yeah, we're going to vote on the Democrats' uh, transportation bill this week. It was about, started out last week when I first saw the copy of it, it was around uh, 500 and. $70 billion uh, not paid for. Uh, but when it came out and went to Rules Committee this week, it's up over $700 million. It's essentially Green New Deal priorities. It does not prioritize roads, bridges, fixing I 40, dealing with broadband infrastructure challenges. It's essentially the Democrats' Green New Deal. So I don't expect a lot of Republicans to support it. Uh, The Republicans have their own bill that we've put up this week that's in the $400 million range that's paid for and prioritizes roads and bridges and traditional infrastructure. You know, I listen to the Democrats many times now, and they remind me a lot of the way the the fascists were in in Germany. And, and, And don't get me wrong, I'm not calling them Nazis or anything like that. There was something that they did uh, back in the 40s, late 30s, early 40s. And that was, uh, and Goebbels would talk about telling a a lie that was so big and so audacious that everybody said, they're never going to do that. And then they did it. And then they did it. So you got to listen to what this this party is saying and just understand, as crazy as some of the stuff that they say – 
they really think that they can do it. Is that not true? No, it is true. And also a lesson from the Depression era uh, of central command, central governments, and both in Germany and elsewhere, was that, uh, well, this government program is not succeeding, but don't worry. All we need to do is spend more money on it, and yeah. then it will succeed. And that's the oldest problem with socialism and central command. And Biden has got a $6 trillion budget he's proposing. With $6 trillion for the next 10 years, we're going to be running multi-trillion dollar deficits. He doesn't seem to be concerned about that at all. Uh, and he is proposing to raise $2 trillion of taxes on business when we're trying to get people back to work. Uh, so his solution is bigger government. He wants to take the government up to 25% of our total economy. And we're going to turn everything into an entitlement program. We're going to pay you universal basic income. We're going to give every low-moderate income person uh, free housing. We're going to pay for free college. We're going to give them free medical care. And the list goes on and on. So I agree with you. I think they, are, they see a moment. Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Ed Markey, the far left in the party, sees Joe Biden as a tool and sees Joe Biden to a tool to – uh, doubling down on the New Deal and LBJ's Great Society and make those look like nothing about government intrusion and taxation. All right. Well, let's when we come back, I got to get a break in. But when we come back, let's talk about AOC, I think, made a very telling statement last week. It's something that I've been I've been saying is going on. And, and she basically verified what I've said. So we're going to come back, talk to the uh, the Congress and some more. I want to talk to him as well about, you know, we hear about the big issues that are going on. There's small issues going on as well, like, you know, somebody who has a veteran's claim on, on something and he helps them get their claim through. I mean, that's, that's what a congressman does as well. So we'll talk about that also here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Cabot Emergency Hospital. Just had him on. And talking about all the different things can happen during the summer, you know, heat exposure and breaking bones and twisted ankles and cuts and abrasions and and bruises and the 4th of July and burns and all of those things. And uh, talking about what you should do and then when you should come to the Cabot Emergency Hospital, let them take over. Really uh, helpful information. But they are right on Highway 89 in Cabot on the uh, Walmart side of 67-167. They are open 24-7-365. That's the Cabot Emergency Hospital. Uh, I'm, you know, you, when you think about left's economics, you think of Karl Marx, you, you think about John Maynard Keyes, uh, and they do still dominate the left's thinking. But, uh, you know, Marx died in 1883, Keyes in 1946. And now there's a new group of people that say there is the new economics. What's new that they're pushing that's not the same as the old? Well, it's uh, this concept of a perpetual money machine. They call it a new approach to monetary theory, but it's essentially assuming there are no consequences of borrowing money and spending it. So this theory says the U.S. Treasury can print all the money it wants, 
and it can be sold in the public markets and be bought by the Federal Reserve, our central bank. We can run deficits in perpetuity, and there's no dollar will not fall. The bill will never come due. Inflation will not take place. It's nirvana. I mean, it's uh, it's just the best. I mean, it's the same concept of, hey, we can have an open border, and there are no consequences. Zero. Right. There's no public health consequence. There's no crime consequence. Uh, there's no budgetary consequence. It's all good. And weird. this is the same concept. No, it's it's a anything goes 60s LSD high uh, weirdness. <laughs> I don't want to bring like... your past back into this. But yeah, you know, I know. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying. I, I yeah, you're bringing my past stuff, but yeah, it's amazing because it's 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 just a different way of stating the old way. Yeah, and so this gets back to the point you made about if you tell a big enough lie loud enough and frequently enough, that you know, people will be shocked that it will come to pass. <clears throat> and again, that's the logic that the Democratic Socialists, again, led by Sanders in the Senate and Ocasio-Cortez in the House, are stating. There's no consequence to this. Yeah, we can do this and, forever because money has no worth is what they're saying. Right. And it's a it's it's just shocking to me. I get up and come to the office. I don't believe people can come to that conclusion or think like that. And so how do you debate on the House floor with somebody who thinks like that? Well, you have to take them back to the consequences of great uh, societies collapsing due to profligate spending and out of control government and tell them a history lesson. Well, they don't even know what you're talking about. They have no historic perspective. Everybody is focused on looking at themselves in their iPhone camera and on the daily back and forth between the left and right, and they don't have historic perspective, and they're going to rue the day because of that. Historic. Uh, Go to Greece. That's all you got to do. Just go to Greece. Go to Italy. You can see what what these kinds of policies do. But anyway. Who's hurt hurt most by this? Poor, struggling, hardworking families on the low end. That's the irony here is their nirvana does nothing but punish uh, the working poor in their societies. All right. I wanted to talk to you about something that a lot of people don't consider about congressmen, and that is what you all do besides have to deal with the insanity we've been talking about just now. Like, for instance, helping a veteran with a claim or obtaining a passport, things of that nature. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, talk about what your job really is. Well, this is the fun thing about our job is we provide constituent service. And that word, that word constituent just means we're here to help the 750,000 citizens in central Arkansas solve their families' problems with the federal government. And right now, this summer, there's an avalanche of moms and dads and kids trying to take mission trips and go out of the country for a long-awaited trip that was promised or a school trip or study abroad, and they don't have a passport or their passport's expired. And so in this year alone, we've opened up 90 cases trying to help Central Arkansans get their passports. And the passport agency is a disaster. There is a uh, 18-week wait wow. uh, for normal service and a 10-week wait in expedited service. So that idea, you're going to pop down to the post office, fill out the form, take your picture, and then ask for expedited service because you're going to get married in three weeks in Puerto Rico, in, uh, you know, in the Bahamas or something. Uh, you got to plan ahead. So if people need help with a passport, they can certainly call our office. But I would really urge 
people to check it now and don't uh, try to work a miracle in less than a week. Uh, and then our veterans, uh, always a challenge. Uh, just in May alone, we helped 32 uh, Central Arkansas veterans get $71,000 in compensation back from the VA. And uh, I think in June, uh, we, because of one particularly big case, we closed 40 cases and helped to get $400,000 for veterans. And in my six years, I've had up to four wounded warriors on my team each year. I have three uh, scheduled right now. Uh, we've gotten over $27 million back for veterans in earned benefits and disability payments uh, during those six years I've served in the House. So, Dave, this is a, a real function of every member of Congress to serve our local citizens with issues concerning the federal government. Yeah, you're like the old, bond, uh, the old bondsman for them, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, what frustrates me about the VA, for example, is here's the one of the largest government agencies. I mean, there's over three or almost 400,000 people who work there, and yet every senator and every member of Congress has a veteran specialist that helps veterans do business with the Veterans Administration. That seems kind of crazy to me that they don't have their own outstanding public service. But look, they try. It's a big bureaucracy. You've got health care being delivered there disability assessment, disability analysis before someone can be uh, uh, compensated for a, a uh, in-service disability by wearing the uniform and serving their country. So it can get complicated, and that's what we're there to help them. All right. You do a good job, too, because I hear nothing but good reports back from people that when they have they have to get you all involved, that you all follow through and, 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 and get some good things to happen. Let me, let me put this passport in perspective, because I know you have listeners right now, and there is somebody thinking about this issue right now. They're going to run to their lockbox or their desk drawer. In the five years, 2015 to 2020, my first five years in Congress, we helped people get about 215 passports expedited. Mm-hmm. This year alone, 70. Wow. 70. So this is a function of the pandemic. The staff is down at the passport agency. They didn't keep open. They didn't socially distance. They didn't keep processing passports. They let everybody go get home, go home and get a full paycheck and uh, not work. Uh, and now you have Americans who've been vaccinated who are ready to uh, go complete the uh, church project in Central America or their kids go to school abroad and they've got to have a passport. So we're fighting to get those as quickly as we can. We appreciate your time today, Congressman. When do you figure you'll be casting that vote on uh, infrastructure? Will that be today or sometime later this It'll week? It'll be, uh, be today or tomorrow. And, uh, again, uh, I believe that there's a momentum to try to get a paid-for, thoughtful, focused, targeted, bipartisan infrastructure bill. But it isn't going to be this week. All right. <laughs> we, we appreciate you, Congressman. Have Take fun in Washington, D.C. We'll talk to you later. All right, See Congressman, uh, of course, French Hill. I'll be in Washington, D.C. at the end of uh, September. If he's around, we'll try to get him to stop by and uh, visit us at the Phoenix, where we'll be at, and uh, and talk to him. And we'll talk to him specifically at that time about the border, because that's why I will be in Washington, D.C. Coming up after the news, we're going to have uh, Congressman Bruce Westerman. I want to talk to him about you're hearing the stories on the news now. Wildfires are going to be crazy out there out west. Well, how come? What are they doing about in, in forestry uh, to make that not happen, for instance, in California? 
you're not going to want to hear this horror story, but I'm going to have you hear it anyway. All right, so it's that time in your life. It's time to start filing for Social Security. Well, what are some of the questions you should be asking about it? What are some of the decisions that you should be making? Uh, that That's big, big things that are going to be facing you right now. Uh, get those answers in a simple, easy-to-understand booklet that's called Your Guide to Social Security, uh, written, put together by David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. The 27-page booklet outlines what you need to know. That's going to help you get even more income when you file for Social Security. But you don't want to wait till you're about, you know, a week out from filing to start learning about all of this. So let's just say if you're within five years of filing for Social Security, uh, call over to David Lucas's uh, for this free booklet. Uh, just uh, punch in 501-222-3315. 501 3315 and you'll receive a free customized Social Security analysis as a bonus. Uh, that pinpoints the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. So pick up the phone, call right now, leave your information, get a copy of the booklet, get the uh, free customized Social Security analysis at 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. 15 with david lucas financial in north little rock all right dave ellswick show we move into our final half hour of a wednesday show we just got done talking to congressman hill we want to talk to congressman westerman and um, we talk about different issues with both of these gentlemen because they're on different committees and uh, bruce westerman is of course on uh, things dealing with natural resources and water and forestry and things of that nature. It's what he's got his degree in is in forestry. And uh, let's talk a little bit here, uh, Congressman. One thing that has been being said on the news, if people are watching it, is look out out west. It is hotter than blazes right now. they got a heat wave going on. Uh, you know, these, uh, these big uh, fires are going to be a big, big deal out west. Now, they're always going to have fires out west in the forest, especially when it gets, you get low hum, or high humidity, high temperatures like they got right now. However, it doesn't need to be as bad as it is if they would do planning for it. And they've not been doing that very well over the last couple of decades. Is that true? Yeah, you, uh, you kind of nailed it there, Dave. And, uh, you know, on top of the massive heat wave they're having out there now, uh, they're also in the drought, in the you know, second or maybe even third year of a drought. So the reservoirs are low, um, and a lot of this is, could have been avoided. Uh, but the radical environmentalists are getting their way. And, you know, it's almost like they should be forced to sit and watch all this happen and, and ask them, are you happy now? Is this what you wanted? Because mm-hmm. you're 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 reaping the fruits of your labor. Um, you know, stopping all this forest management, filing endangered species lawsuits for a single species that dictates how water gets managed in the West, um, and you know, really denying the science uh, of how to manage forests, how to take care of the environment, and be good stewards. And this is what you get for it. And I'm not going to let them off the hook. They, uh, it, 
they need to be held accountable, and the American public needs to see what these groups are doing, destroying our resources. Is is California the worst uh, of all the states out there? Is it because of all of these crazy laws that came up with about uh, you know protecting uh, the, the snail darter and all and the titmouse and all the and the, I don't know the what was it the, the the owl that was up in Oregon I think. I mean, is that where all this is at? California, too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of the it's the breeding ground for it, but it's it's all over out there. There's probably going to be huge forest fires all over the West. Colorado is uh, in really bad shape as far as uh, dead trees, uh, overstocked stands. Uh, They're experiencing the drought as well. Uh, Down in the Southwest, it's the you know, the same story, but yeah, California is kind of the hotbed for it, where a lot of these crazy ideas originate. Well, something that needs to be dealt with out west is water. I mean, they they they've known that forever, and I guess they thought because they had the Colorado River out there, that was going to be the you know the the panacea for all of that. But that's not the case, and things got to be done now to protect that area twenty years from now. What are some of the thoughts that are going into that? Well, it's a it's a quite a complicated issue, and there's a fascinating history behind water in the West. Uh, really, if you talk about water in the West, you're talking about the history of the West and the development of the West. Um, if you just look at the annual precipitation in uh, Los Angeles, it should just be a, a tiny little city because that's all the annual precipitation could could support. Uh, but over the years, you know, Los Angeles has probably been the uh, uh, the orchestrator of more water policy and and changes that affected the West than, than anywhere else. But they've managed uh, in a lot of different ways to hoard a lot of water uh, from other parts in California, and then they went outside of California to the Colorado River. Um, there's some, some really fascinating history there. There's a there's a book called Cadillac Desert that um, I don't. It's controversial in some ways, but it also does a really good job of capturing uh, how uh, water systems were developed. And uh, you know, there's a, a place called Owens Lake where uh, Los Angeles basically stole their water and they built these massive canals and everything. But you know, at the end of the day, you've got this this massive water storage and distribution system out there um, that was built, um, you know, with with not a lot of of sound economics behind it. But you've got the system out there now. You've got this massive population out there now. And they've got a means to to store water and to, to meter water. There's enough waterfall in California when you take into account Northern California to supply their needs for water. Uh, but kind of to, to spot their face, I guess, they, they cut their nose off. They find ways to um, to release this water downstreams for this so-called endangered species that they're really not helping. Um, and they make management decisions, uh, not looking out for the best interest of, of humans, but um, for Special interest is really how mm. it boils down. And then, you know, the Central Valley of California, and I'm actually going to be out there in August. We're going to have a, a forum on, on water. 
Um, it's one of the most productive agriculture areas in the world, uh, provides a huge amount of, of food for the country. Uh, and it's the, it's the largest user of, of water by far is, is farm irrigation. Uh, so you've got these groups that want to come in and, and say, you know, they're using too much for, for agriculture, so we're going to divert more of it for so-called natural uses. Um, and what they're doing is putting farms out of business. Because if, if you don't have water out there, you, you really don't. You've got a desert, basically how it goes. Yeah, so if you put these people out of business, who's, who's producing the food to give it uh, for the American people to eat? That's a good question, especially when you look at what kind of food they produce. You know, Florida obviously produces a lot of uh, fruits and vegetables. Texas produces them. Uh, but you get out uh, into these arid regions, and it's a, the same thing. You know, without if you got water, you've got a, a, a great ag production area. If you don't have water, you've, you've got a desert. I, I think I may have told you on a previous show I was – uh, out there a month or two ago and visited a, uh, a tribe and they had this grapefruit orchard. And I mean, it's basically yeah. in the middle of the desert and you had this beautiful grapefruit orchard and, you know, they were making, you know, seven, eight thousand dollars per acre off of those grapefruits, but it's only because they had, had water rights and, you know, using drip irrigation and stuff on it. Uh, but it's a, it's kind of a fascinating place. Um, but you know, it's almost like they're they're trying to destroy themselves. And then I see today that the state of California has announced another five states that uh, you can't do government travel from California <laughs> to those other states. Yeah, and, we're uh, one of them. Arkansas, we're on the list. Yeah, us in Florida and Montana. I would I kind of see that as a uh, you know a, a good badge to wear that you got banned from state travel by the by florida maybe it tells you you're doing something right yeah i don't know they're, they're crazy out there they really really are all right we'll come back and uh, continue our conversation uh with the congressman i want to talk to him about how now suddenly it's the republicans who are trying to defund the police we'll talk about that and uh, see what he has to say about what the uh, Democrats are trying to do. And then uh, in his uh, district, some of the important things that we're watching in his district here in Arkansas. It's a quarter till eight on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, if you find yourself needing a tow truck, what you want to do is call somebody that you're aware of. They know the laws of the state of Arkansas. Uh, they are licensed and insured and that uh, their trucks are permitted. Because if they're not, all of that can cause you problems in one way or another. That's why I always remind you to use East End Towing. East End Towing uh, knows the situation. They can handle it because they got the answers of uh, having to deal with towing. Uh, You just need to know the number. And so let me give you the number. I want you to write it down, put it in a glove uh, compartment, put it in your wallet, or put it in your purse. Uh, 888-8849. Of course, it goes without saying 501. 501-888-8849. And that way, you'll have somebody to call that you know are have your best interests in mind. So uh, just keep in mind that East End Towing, one, is member of the Arkansas Towing and Recovery Board. Two, 
is licensed and insured on towing operations. And three, all of their trucks are permitted. They know the private property laws. They know the public property laws. They have the answers when it's time for you to have to be towed. And sooner or later, that's going to happen. 888-8849. That's East in Towing. All right, let's uh, finish up our conversation with Congressman Bruce Westerman from the 4th District here in Arkansas. Congressman, I guess uh, you were amazed to find out that the Republican Party is the party of defunding the police. You can't make it up, Dave. (laughs) uh, And actually, I'm not surprised. I should be able to start figuring this out. And what I've said all along about... um, especially Pelosi and the Democrats up here is they are the masters at projection. Yes. They do one, they do something bad and then turn around and blame somebody else for it. It's almost laughable that, uh, uh, but the sad thing is there's probably people that will believe that uh, when that is totally on the left. I mean, there's uh, there's no factual basis for them being able to say Republicans are defunding uh, the police, and they know uh, they they brought that on themselves. The next thing you know, well, I guess Kamala's kind of already said that um, Republicans are responsible for the border surge somehow. Yes. Because, I guess because Trump slowed down the illegal immigration, and now they're just making up for lost time or something. So, yeah, they're, uh, they make bad decisions and project them on somebody else. Now, the uh, former president is in Texas today on the border at McAllen, Texas, one of the worst places uh, going on right now as far as, uh, you know, the immigration problem. And uh, what was it that I, I heard he said today? He said, I, built, I, I was building the wall. They're building a humanitarian, uh, you know, complete collapse along the border. And uh, one of my favorite memes has been uh, the vice president went to uh, to be seen on the border, and it's a picture of her in front of the restaurant. Yeah, I saw that one, too. I like that. But, one. Uh, yeah, I, the Republican Study Committee steering team, part of them are actually down there with uh, President Trump. I, was, I could have gone, but we've got boats here in D.C., so I figured I should stay here and do votes, but I'm, I'm on the Republican study committee steering team. And, uh, you know, I'll be interested to hear from Jim Banks and the others that went down there, how the, how the trip went, but I've got a, I've got another trip scheduled down there, uh, in the near future. So, uh, I chose to stay here and vote today and we've got some committee business as well. Well, here, here's the key. And if somebody's saying, well, why would he go down along the border like that? It's because every other state's border borders Mexico now because of what's happening uh, down on, on the Mexican border, New Mexico uh, state border with, with Mexico, Texas, California, all Arizona, all those states. You know, we're bordered with some of them and uh, bottom line, our border then is on Mexico as well, and what's happening there is affecting us as well. Absolutely, the I thirty corridor, you know, coming out of Texas is one of the, uh, you know, main corridors where um, human trafficking, drug trafficking, and 
you know, all of that happens uh, as as the illegal immigration happens along the border and spreads across the country. Uh, that was really uh, from a trip I made to Arizona one time and got a better understanding of, uh, you know, the real issue are the networks that lead out from the border. Uh, you know, Phoenix is one of the big hubs uh, for where the drugs go into and the human trafficking goes into. And uh, if we if we want to stop a lot of the, the drugs and human trafficking, we've got to um, uh, interrupt these networks because it is a you, – you think about, you know, all the, the tons of drugs that come across the border. It's a, it's a major operation to distribute this stuff, uh, and that's where uh, we need to be focusing on that. And, uh, you know, after, after being along the border and seeing how the cartels operate down there, I would not be opposed to having the military there stopping the car- cartels. It is a it's an issue of, of national security for sure. And you know, uh, Governor Abbott in Texas has announced he's I think they're going to spend two or three hundred million dollars to continue working on the wall, which is probably going to um, end up being a, a game of poker with the federal government. That's what I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in there's other states. I mean, DeSantis, uh, governor of Florida, sending state uh, uh, military to uh, to Texas. And I just heard yesterday, Nome up in uh, South Dakota is saying they're going to send uh, uh, some of their National Guard people down to Texas as well. So uh, a, a lot of other states understanding they've got a lot at stake uh, with with this just as much as. Uh, you know Texas does. So let me let me change the direction of the conversation just a little bit. We got about four minutes left. What are some of the big uh, the big picture items that you're dealing with as far as the district uh, that you represent, District Four? Yeah. Well, one of the things I hear, um, you know, from an economic standpoint is is people just can't find labor. Uh, now, hopefully, with the Federal unemployment benefits ending. We're going to see more people getting back into the job market. So that's that's one of the main things uh, that I hear about. And uh, you know, so I'm going to be pushing to to stop any kind of additional you know, federal influx of money uh, that's competing with the private sector. Uh, you know, something that we hear about multiple times per day is um, folks that didn't travel during the pandemic. Their passport expired. Now they they reserve some trip and they realize they their passport's not good and the passport centers are just swamped. Um, so we've been doing a lot of constituent services trying to get folks um, help with getting their passports. Um, and so far we've been able to to help everybody that's that's asked. But um, with the numbers that we're seeing, I don't know if the passport center is going to be able to. Uh, to process all those passports. And then we've got, you know, we obviously had the flooding down in the southeast part of, of my district, and I'm going to spend some time down there next week uh, with Farm Bureau and with some, some farmers, um, you know, looking at, at flood damage and, uh, you know, talking about the role the federal government will play uh, and, you know, how much FEMA will be involved with that as well. So, uh, I look forward. This is the time of year when we start getting weeks back in the district, and I'm able to travel around and, and visit with people. 
Uh, so I'll be doing a lot of that in the next few weeks. Great. We hope that uh, you'll be able to stop into the studio some, you know, during that time and, and visit with us as well. You keep up doing the good work. We appreciate what you're doing there and what you're doing nationally and with uh, you know our natural resources and trying to protect our force and our water supplies. We appreciate that as well. By the way, you're talking about the uh, passports. We were talking to uh, Congressman Hill about that, said the backlog is 18 weeks back now. That's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely in- incredible. So I don't... Uh, you know, I don't envy your job. i, I got to be honest with you. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you for giving us the time today. Thank you, Dave. Have a good day. Have a good one. All right. That was Congressman Bruce Westerman from the 4th District. Always a pleasure to talk to him. Uh, he got a lot of ideas. Don't They don't get much play at times uh, dealing with natural resources. But, you know, when... When you watch the the stories, because they're going to happen and it's going to be like, you know, half of the United States is on fire or something. And they're going to be talking about out west. Know that a lot of what's happening to them is self-inflicted, just self-inflicted with a lot of crazy, crazy laws that they have out there. And Bruce talks about that all the time. That wraps it up for a Wednesday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. Ken Yang, J.R. Davis tomorrow. Uh, Joe and Duck, cars tomorrow. That's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll see you at 6 a.m.